Welcome back to the That Rugby Podcast yes. by the Sports Booth. We are back in live. Yes. This is a long time coming, a little bit newer of a setup. Uh, nicer setup, I yeah. would say. It is, yeah, nicer setup. I like like the chairs. Nice, uh, nice deep green, like the Wallabies green. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Oh yeah, that was that was specifically yeah. the reason. Actually, I just took my partner down and I said, "What colour's the best?" And she said, "Get the green one." So yeah. she's Australian. So she's Australian she born. She's playing, so she's playing games. She's she playing. Knew. Oh yeah, she's maybe. my agent on the inside. Agent on the, the inside. I'm going to be better at that. Then I should, there was a black one, and I was like, "Oh, it's probably a bit dark." But now, now I regret my decision making. Mm-hmm. But but here we are, and and and. And ticking off a, a Bledisloe Cup week yes. as well. A, a great mid, timing. A midweek game. Um, I'm I'm interested to see how it goes. Not yeah. I don't mind the midweek game. The midweek game in Melbourne, to me, is an interesting one. Now, the only reason I say that is Melbourne, historically, isn't a great, you know, crowd. You could just stop there. Melbourne is historically, <laughs> isn't, historically isn't great. Historically isn't great. For a sport other than... AFL. So yep. I'm, I'm interested what the crowd numbers are going to be. I'm interested to yeah. see just in general the the vibe. Yeah, look, I mean, they they get up for State of Origin. They get up a little bit for Melbourne Storm. Rugby, yeah, not not so much. Like, you know, even with the Melbourne Storm and Rugby League, it, it's still a little bit... Uh, it's I think it's more people going to Melbourne than actual Melbourne folks supporting those. So, yes. yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like we should just do... Um, like a USA Mexico situation, just wall off Victoria from the rest <laughs> of the country. I think we'll all be much better off. I uh, I can see the reason why to bring this game there. I can yeah. see it. I can. I would have. I would have presumed that surely taking a South African game there and an All Blacks game that you need to win mm. to even have a chance at getting back the Blues flow, you would have done either Suncorp or Sydney Football Ground. Yeah, I, I would have thought. Yeah, South African game uh, in. Uh, like South African game in Perth, that makes that makes yeah. sense. Um, yeah, the All Blacks game in Melbourne, I just yeah, I don't agree with that either. But I think they were forced into it because yeah. you look at this calendar this time of year, what's going on right now, NRL finals, and even planning this game through this year, uh, and like and we'll, we'll it's it, we'll, we'll talk about it in our that rugby league podcast as well. <laughs> but who was in the top eight for a lot of this year was Brisbane, right? Yep. So it was likely that. Suncorp, it was possible that Suncorp could have been in use, been in use uh, this week as well. And I think the NRL would have had a, a lot to say about trying to host another game during a finals week at uh, Suncorp. Um, yeah, I, I, I could see why they needed to put it in uh, in Melbourne. Yep. Um, but, you know, I, I really wish they would push harder for another venue. Uh, I know Sydney's had a couple of the... Well, it's obviously had you know the a game here England in Sydney and then the Springboks game, so they so, have had a couple. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I never thought I'd say this about Queensland, but Brisbane deserves another one, surely. Like they, that's a crowd that always gets up for the Wallabies. Historically, that's, good record as well. Yeah, there at the moment for the past ten years or so. It's, so. And I mean, it just yeah, even even putting aside like the rugby aspects of it, but put, looking at the fans part of it, like that is a crowd that gets up for it. That'll 100%. go to the game. Right, and so I feel like their loyalty should be a little bit more rewarded. I would have, I would have thought either a Springbok game or an England game down in Melbourne. Quite honestly, like an England yeah, game, an England game would have would have fizzed. There would have been enough Englishmen down there as well, enjoying sipping on some coffee and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So you would expect that. They, yeah, Victorians all think they're Europeans anyway, so we'll put the European team there. Exactly. So. Yeah, yeah. So it is interesting, but it'll see. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, if, if you win and they have a good crowd, it's a masterclass. You know, yep. like it's a it's a great. 
I guess, a great showing for the sport in Melbourne. And it was the only reason I kind of mentioned this as well, the Storm versus the Raiders game that was played, it wasn't full. And yeah. that was a elimination final series. Again, I know the Storm probably a little bit disappointing this year, but to finish fifth, like, you know, yeah. you're not the fucking Warriors. Yeah. I mean, so so like I look at that and I go, there is there has to be something there where you look at Melbourne and you go, do they, is this the right time? The AFL's yep. on and, I mean, admittedly, Sydney Swans are in a great position to even fucking take that out. So that would be huge. But I just go, this was an opportunity. If you're going to do a midweek game, and and I just I just see like the Sydney football ground, um, or Allianz as it is now, just there and then rolling into the weekend of league, it just seemed really right to me. And I just thought... Yeah, I, I actually, and I saw another video recently rolling around of out at the Olympic Stadium of a Bledisloe Cup game there. Yeah. Full stadium, 80,000. Yep. I'm like, I know rugby's on a slight downturn. Could could you, could you have imagined if you'd even cut a whole lot of price tickets and managed to f- fill out a, a, a Sydney Olympic Stadium for, uh, again, it was a bit That's, out, probably out of the range. But yeah. I mean, I guess just for me, geographically, the, the uh, Olympic Stadium is... Uh, easier to get to, so I probably would have considered um, going to to that game. Like, whereas ones at the Sydney Football Stadium, it's just such a hassle to get to for me, just where I live. And this is not an overarching comment. This is just a personal comment. Uh, I know for most people, the Sydney Football Stadium is probably easier to get to. Yeah. Uh, but one thing I will say about the Olympic Stadium is that uh, there is better parking, and that is a big consideration for a lot of Aussies is is parking and getting to the, and getting to the games, um, especially with you know, this is a weird thing to bring up on a sports podcast, but with a lot of the train strikes that have been happening in Sydney <laughs> recently, public transport's just so unreliable. And there's even been news segments about it this week with all the finals that are going on and talk of the strikes coming back again. It's like people can't rely on public transport. They need to rely on their own vehicle uh, to get there. So that is the one That is one thing that the uh, Olympic Stadium has over uh, the football stadium and things like that. So, yeah, look, if... if if there had been a game at the Olympic Stadium, I would have considered um, going. I, I went to a game at the Olympic Stadium this year, which was the Dragons versus the Rabbitohs. Yeah. So it's it's just better for me to get. I to guess. To, I guess my thing with the Olympic Stadium, especially if you fill it out, it's an amazing venue. Yep. If it's ten percent full, which it yeah. is for ninety percent of the NRL games that get played there, it's a little bit disappointing. Yeah. But I mean, that's that would have been in the calculations. I imagine there with Aussie rugby, like we just sold out Allianz. Could we have done that? Uh, Maybe yeah. not, but it, I just think I that think, that would have been. I, awesome, yeah, I think because these deals get done so far in advance, advanced, it makes it they, hard, they, yep. they, they, they were probably projecting off COVID numbers and things like that. Um, and I can't imagine Super Round down in Melbourne did them uh, any benefits exactly. as well. So, so it's and again, again, that's another thing. Like, why Melbourne? But yeah, look, it, it is what it is. Um, and look, maybe the Victorians will surprise us and actually uh, show up. <laughs> you know, they've got a Super Rugby franchise. We kept them over the Western Australians, which. I don't, the uh, the force just seem fans and players just seem way more passionate about it than the rebels do. But that's I would have kept the force, but yep. is what it is. They're back now, so that's good. Uh, yeah, look, it is what it is. I guess well to to get to it now. Let's talk about the game and the the, the teams and the, the preview. Well, of let, the let's game. let's yeah, let's talk about the All Blacks first because that's probably the easier one to to not a lot of changes no yeah Yeah. I mean uh, copy control C control V with a little backspace in there because Artie Sevilla obviously ruled out I think it's his third child on the way so didn't travel with the team which is all right. I mean, inspirational leader on the field. Um, you would think a, by child number three, though, he's like used to the magic childbirth. He's like, I can miss this one. 
Yeah, that's um, a joke. By the way, to all the parents out there, that's a, that's a joke. You can <laughs> the third one. Yeah. yeah, you could probably go. Yeah, I've seen this before. Yeah. I know what happens. Yeah, right. But I mean, again, it's just the same as the last two. Just yeah, like, <laughs> he's just he's just looking. He's watching the game like on his yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm recording, honey. Yeah, I've got I've got the camera on. Oh yeah, actually, yeah. Oh, damn, I've scored another one. Yeah. So Hoskins Satutu gets a gets a start, which is a deserved start. I mean, I don't think he's been playing fantastic football in the NPC, but that doesn't really matter. It's a different level. Um, I'm fascinated to see. He played ahead a hell of a season for the Blues. Um, so it's good, it, it, as bad as it is to me missing Artie, it's good to get these ga- guys in, in for these games at the at, at crucial t- times as well. Um, again, I'm more interested for the All Blacks at the end of the year tour if we can tick these two games against the Wallabies off, take home a Bledisloe and a Rugby Championship, which seemed destined to never happen. Um, I'll be very interested to see how Ian Foster goes about that Northern tour. But for now, we've got a job to do in Melbourne. Come out and win that game. There's no way you beat us at Eden Park. We don't need to discuss the venue in New Zealand because we're only going to play you at Eden Park from now on because we don't lose there. So, I mean, this is a bit... This Realistically, this is a big game, I think, for us. For you guys, obviously, must win, easy enough to say. But for us, if we can win this one, I think a lot of people will take a... Ah, yeah. You know, we haven't put back-to-back performances on this whole year at mm-hmm. all. Um, so I think this this is a really big game to see where we're at with consistency. I don't mind it being close. I don't mind it being a tough game. I, I'd prefer it to be a tough game. I don't want to see another 50 to, to yep. nil um, walloping. But I just want to know that we're moving in the right direction and how that looks, I guess, with Ian Foster. It's probably be better for you guys if it is a tougher game to know that you can stick in those uh, tougher games. Um, against an opponent that has got everything to play for. Exactly. Right? So uh, the Wallabies, um, a huge number of changes uh, to the team. Uh, and as he said, must win for the Wallabies. I think it's a really big gauge of where our talent is and if the systems that we're putting in place uh, are working. You know, we've had the four games we've played so far. We had a great win against Argentina. We had a bad loss against uh, Argentina. Uh, we had a good win against South Africa, and then we had a bad loss against South Africa, where you know injuries played a part in that one. I think that's fair to say that, and even then, the scoreline uh, is probably favourable uh, to the Wallabies, like how tough they were with everything that was against them in that game. Um, but the key, much like the All Blacks, and it's funny, it's sort of like uh, sort of mirroring the two, the two um, you know bitter rivals are sort of mirrors at the moment. It's consistency. At the moment, well, you could talk about the whole goddamn rugby championship being about consistency. Yeah. No one, it was going win, loss, win, loss for everyone. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I think though that, uh, particularly for Australia and New Zealand, it's been about consistency. You know, ship performance, but like if you yeah. look at the other, like the Argentinians have got up and then stumbled, got up, stumbled, whereas. South Africans, it's kind of you, you. You see, every game South Africa's doing what they're expecting to do. Yeah. It's just a win or a loss. Whereas New Zealand, Aussie, like you're saying, it's actually think, the performance. And I, while I don't want to take anything away from Argentina and the historic wins because they played really well, I think in their losses as well, it was uh, it was their opponent playing badly as well or being hit by uh, injuries or whatever. Like and their wins. In, yeah, in Argentina's Sorry, yeah. And, uh, Argentina's wins their opponents' losses. Like you know, in the Australian loss to Argentina, just the the game plan was out the window. Uh, it looked like no one knew what they were supposed to be doing. And I, I will give it to Argentina; they play their their game plan caught the Wallabies yeah. off guard as well. So they sort of game plan their level of 
effort is is always up there undeniable um yeah. so but whereas for the wallabies i think sometimes you can question that and i think some people were questioning that for the all blacks as well in that first loss against south africa like it looked like the the effort levels and the spirit had declined a bit so i think that's what is sort of com- comparable between the aussies and the all blacks at the moment and that's what this game is really about for both of them is can they put in a consistent performance with a lot of effort for the full 80 uh, minutes to uh, and, and against a quality uh, opponent as well. Uh, you know, for, for New Zealand to be two weeks in a row for Australia, it's the ability to do that against the All Blacks to pick themselves back up. And there's been a number of changes in the squad, mostly forced, yep. some not forced. Um, now, I'm going to, I've got the full Wallabies team list here and I'm going to run through it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we touched on this last week before you just, as you get it up and stuff, about yep. some of the changes and positional play. So I'm going to be interested to ask you a couple more questions as well after you yep. read it out. So, uh, Front row, James Slipper, captain, no change. Here's the first big change already at Hooker and one that I've been preaching for this entire rugby championship that it should be this way. And it's how we started out. And it was Dave Parecki starting at Hooker. Already the squad's improved. Yeah, I mean, I think if Parecki doesn't get injured, this rugby championship looks slightly different as well. Which Can we just say how crazy that is? Mm -hmm. He literally... Had his debut against England. Like we're yep. talking about Dave Parikh. I know he's twenty nine. I know he is a seasoned rugby player. Like he's been overseas, done it in clubs yeah. over there. But we're talking about a new Wallaby yep. being that important to the team. It's just just an interesting perspective. And, and it? it's, it's, I think it speaks to how well he's playing. I think playing overseas uh, has him. definitely oh, helped him. 100%. But as as a front rower, as a forward, definitely helped him. Hundred um, percent. And his lineup throw has been impeccable. And you've got to think like the the conditions uh, in England. You, th- you think about when you think of England, you think windy and rainy. So yep. that's gonna that's gonna teach you how to throw a ball uh, straight. Straight, yeah. Can I just say I don't know why no club has done this yet has linked with a European club and a Super Rugby club. Yeah. Like if I'm the Melbourne Rebels, I'm going. Let's link with London Wasps. Yeah. And you know what? We'll send a young and up and coming player who's not going to play t- game time for us to go and work in their academies, get some experience. Yeah. We'll send a player of experience over there who may not be playing for us but can get some. And we'll take, you know, the, the vice versa. It's just, I think that's a great idea. And even things like um, done that. off-season trainings with, with each other and things like that as well. You know, imagine you see uh, like the Waratahs with the London Harlequins or something yep. like that. Like, that'd be crazy. How great. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, it is kind of happening now. We've got a lot of the... Australian Super Rugby teams playing Japanese teams. Like, I know yeah. Israel Folau's team's just lining up to play someone. But continue with the team. Right. So, uh, Dave Parecki in. Great. Alan Alatoa at three. Great. Solid. Here's a move that you called. Jed Holloway into the second row. Here's a move you called. But it hasn't done exactly what you thought it might do. (laughs) So Jed Holloway at four, Matt Phillip at five. That one I'm sort of uh, questioning. Like, I know Rory Arnold is out, but Matt Phillip, he... Yeah, I don't know. I still just don't think he is... Like, I just don't think he's... Good enough. I it's that's, and that sounds really hard, but I think because we were talking. Why I say that is because we were talking before about effort from the two teams, and there's one thing that you could say about Matt Phillip, and that's he. You can't say about Matt Phillip, and that's that he ever gives up. Like no, he's hundred percent. He puts his entire body and soul on the line for the game each time he's out there. But it's just he's not fast enough, uh, and he's just he's not he's not good enough. There's too many mistakes that are made. He's had a couple of good games this year. But the the but the other games have just highlighted the detriment that he is. I mean, and it's 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 what we 
tend to say is, is especially with locks like that, it's yeah. it's the Rob Simmons lock. Like yeah. Rob Simmons never scared me when he was selecting out a great footy player. Matt Phillip is a great footy, and he's had those games where you're like, fuck, has he turned a corner here? Is yeah. he is he stepping up? Uh, there's those players that are super rugby level, and they're mm-hmm. right on the borderline of the Wallabies All Blacks, and they just don't quite have that yeah. step up. I, again, I think Matt Phillip has potential. I actually think. He may be the best option right now. I'm really interested again with the end of the year. I know Neville's back in the squad, I believe. Yeah. But he's coming back from injury, so I think that like he may take that spot. I'm interested with the end of the year with Nick Frost and his development. Yeah. I would have really actually liked to have Matt Phillip on the bench. Come off. And and yeah. then and then that way for the for the part of the game that he's on, when he is giving it his all, he's not being let down mm-hmm. by fatigue and things like that. So his skill level plays up. Um but instead it's going to be Darcy Swain on the bench. So we've got Jed Holloway, Matt Phillip in the second row. Now the back row um, almost completely changed. So the two bench back rowers, Rob Liotta and Pete Samu, will now be starting with Rob Valentini at eight. Now you thought maybe let's get Valentini uh, in there at blindside uh, and get Harry Wilson uh, into the eight spot. So that's not what happened. But instead we we flipped here. So Fraser McWright will be uh, on the bench uh, and... As far as I can see, he is the only uh, bench back rower there. So, yes. uh, which is so right. that means you, who, who's the lock reserve you got? Is it is it Neville? Or it Swain? is no Swain. Swain. It's Swain. So I mean, what you've been doing in the past has been having yeah, two back rowers or, or something like that. I don't mind this move because Leota's a line out option. Yeah. So like, even though you're Jed Holloway's moving into the locking flanks um, ranks, he's. He's a slightly smaller lock, but mm. Leota gives you that line-out option. And that was that was the big reason I was moving Bobby V into six or would have moved Bobby V into six and brought Harry Wilson in as you still get that line-out option. I like Bobby V at six. But if you're doing this with Leota, I don't mind it so much. It's a yeah. big, big, big um, back row. And it's interesting. I, I don't mind uh, Samu. I, I, I love Pistol Pete. I think yeah. he's a great footy player. I, I just don't know. It's seven. Like, is he going to steal a lot of ball? Like, who's stealing your pill? Like, that's yeah. that's my worry in that back three. Yeah. And so Fraser McGrath's still in the squad. He's just on the bench. Yep. Um, now, next biggest change uh, is Jake Gordon starting at nine and Nick White uh, on the bench. So that's a big move in and of itself. Personally, I am a big Jake Gordon fan. I'd like, I am not, I would like to see him uh, get some more minutes there. I, I'm not sure what the reasoning is, like, whether the, they think Nick White's played himself out of the nine spot, or they think Jake Gordon's played himself into it. I don't know, but it's it's an I interesting reckon, move. I reckon it's definitely the 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 selection of the number ten has has issued this. Yes, and this is why I don't understand when they selected uh, O'Connor at ten for one of those mm. games, and they didn't play McDermott to yeah. start. Like that nineteen combo is 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 crucial. So that's why I think they've done that. Uh, speaking of the ten, uh, the Ice Man cometh, He's Bernard back. Foley, back in Wallaby's goal. Big Bernard Foley fan here. <laughs> Love Bernard Foley. Uh, obviously, as a Waratahs fan, uh, I always bring it up, but I was there at the, the grand final with the Waratahs beat the Crusaders and he kicked that penalty over and everyone went nuts. Speaking of big crowds at the Olympic Stadium, <laughs> I was there for that one. Uh, so, yeah, Bernard Foley. Uh, you know, I, I guess like everyone's sort of thinking, oh, Bernard Foley is old and decrepit. He's not that old. 31, is yeah, he? Yeah, 31. Yeah, you yeah. know, uh, Quaid's older and Quaid... Um, had a bit of a renaissance when he came out to the Wallabies, so equally possible here. And but I, I honestly hope Bernard um, plays himself back into being an integral part of this Wallabies. That he has to be one of the three 
they uh, bring in from overseas. Uh, one of the I mean, this the, is the ghetto rule. I mean, they should they should expand the ghetto rule. I really hate it. Like, I don't. I like again. I like the the idea is you 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 don't want to go too far where players just go overseas. Yeah. How far? I wouldn't mind like for specific tournaments. So the rugby championship and the World Cup. To go, we'll expand it to like five. Yeah. Or we'll expand it to seven. So for those two, but for like the July mid-year test yeah. and for the other ones, we go, we stick with free or something like that. Yeah, I, can I think see that's like that. you, you want to win, but you also want that talent to be forced to stay yeah. in Australia for and as long as possible. I think that's good as well because it means that you have to blood local talent too. Exactly. In, in, the, in the things that, yes, they are important, but they're not important as the Rugby Championship or the Rugby World Cup. So, uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, then we've got Marika Karabetti at 11. Uh, some injuries have forced changes in the centres. So Lalakai Fiketti at 12, Len Ikitao at 13, uh, Tom Wright at 14, and then uh, last big change, Andrew Kellaway starting at 15, Reese Hodge on the bench. Uh, now, I, I'll run through the bench in a bit. Uh, we've already mentioned some of them, but Andrew Kellaway at 15, we've both said what we wanted to see, Kellaway at 15, uh, and you even called this the last time as well. Hodge provides the great kick coverage, but New Zealand, uh, it's not as necessary to do that as against a as much as it is against an opponent like South Africa. So Kelly gives you more uh, uh, explosiveness, um, big play ability out of that full back spot compared to Reese Hodge, who was the sort of safety blanket 15. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. If, I, I, I imagine Dave Rennie's done this with the idea that New Zealand attacking kicks have, have been borderline miserable and I would say worse of the comp uh, when we put up an attacking kick. And we do have attacking weapons, Will Jordan, Jordy Barrett. So I assume they that will be a New Zealand target now, a slightly game plan, game plan might, a little bit of a change. Be like, we have to be pinpoint with those kicks. But I think it's the, the right selection. Fight fire with fire. Wallabies are best when they've got a counter-attacking weapon. Uh, I know Kirtley Bell's in the squad but wasn't selected, but and Andrew Callaway will, will fit in just fine. I love that selection. I hope that this game for Callaway can push him into greater things, especially for the Rebels. I think he could be a, a 15, and you've got Bataya, who uh, one of those 15s that Will Jordan-like can play 15, but also when you put him on the wing, will not miss out. So I really yeah. I like that decision. We discussed it last week with Hodge and stuff. I think that's the, the best way to go about it. So looking at the squad change, looking at the squads from... Uh, South Africa game two to New Zealand game one. So I'm just checking the centers here. So Ikitao. Basami was started. Yeah, so there's eight total changes. Yeah. Uh, so more than half of the starting 15 is is different this game compared to game two against South Africa. So obviously a lot of big changes, some forced, but some coaching decisions, yeah. uh, which which I like. With, uh, that squad wasn't, wasn't the squad to get it done against South Africa, and I don't think it was going to be the squad to get it done against New Zealand. So let's look at the bench now here. So Falau Fainga'a uh, at 16, Scott Co uh, at 17. Now here's an introduction I quite like, and I'm going to butcher the name here, so I apologize. But uh, Pone Farmasuli uh, here, a big, big prop from big the Melbourne popper. Rebels. Yeah. Big boy. Good game to get him involved. I know Taniala hasn't looked like himself this yeah. year, so give him some rest time. It's not the time to be playing him. Yeah. Um, and get Pone home at his home ground uh, a, a, a yep. good game. So yeah. Then you've got Darcy Swain, Fraser McWright, Nick White, Reese Hodge, and Jordan Pattaya. So um, an extra back reserve, uh, I think. Over the 6-2 split. Yeah, I think yeah. he's learned his lesson there. Yes, I think so. Um, Much like Brad Fittler not carrying an extra back <laughs> on his bench yeah. in, in State of Origin. Sometimes, yeah, I, there was a there was a, there's a good quote. Uh, 
from those of you that watch House of the Dragon, a good quote from House of the Dragon last night, uh, hard lessons are suffered, not learned. So I think he has he, suffered, he suffered that one, yeah. Again, I understand the thinking at the time. It had worked the week before. Yeah. You needed a big four-pack against a big four-pack. But, yeah, he's learned that one. And the fact that Reese Hodge can slot into 10 um, if Foley was to... Yeah. Um, unfortunately, have have some form of injury. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's really interesting going into this game and you look and you normally look at Wallabies, <clears throat> All Blacks games, and you go, it's going to be one of the backs. I, this is going to be one of the forwards, I think. Whatever Ford's team dominate, yeah. I actually missed out a squad member because there was a change as well. Because Scott Barrett's gone into six um, because Frizzell's out. And then into lock as Brody Retallick. It's not a big change, yeah. a force change. Um, well, they're both the pretty big, so it's pretty <laughs> it's big change. And it's, it is, it is Brody Retallick looked like he wanted to eat some Argentine ends up when he came yeah. on the field. So I think he's finally back healthy. He is absolutely roaring to get into it, so I'm excited about that. But I think whatever four-pack can set the right platform, yeah. our backs, again, I still think the All Blacks have been too way too, like, believing in themselves that they're just going to come up with something rather than actually breaking the game open, whereas the Wallabies have done that really well. And I yeah. like Jake Gordon to help out um, the Iceman to break this game open. There's there's potential everywhere. I think enough big plays will cancel themselves out with the backs where it'll be who's actually got a design yeah. move that's going to break it open, who's going to break it open with actual design gameplay, and then it's going to be one up front. I think the scrum battle is going to be fascinating with yeah. Slipper against Lomax, who, I mean, I must say has had... Quite the turnaround. We were legitimately in this room commentating the uh, <coughs> Waratahs versus Hurricanes game, and he was pulled at 33 minutes yeah. with his propping partner, Xavier Numia. But is absolutely killing it in the NPC. Lomax has been killing it for the All Blacks. I just go, what a turnaround that yeah. has been in six months. And then DeGroote against Ali Atoa, those are a couple of beasts going at it. Yeah, and I think uh, our lineups last couple of weeks, I mean, I know I'm preaching the same thing, but our lineups have really cost us for the Wallabies. We've gotten some good uh, penalties, gotten some good territory off of it, and then lost the line out. Um, and you just can't do that at this level. You will get punished, and they were punished for it. And even if it's not points on the board, it's an exhausting period of defending, trying to f- and not trying to not give away a penalty or trying to cause a turnover or something like that. Like it is so much easier to to keep going to maintain effort levels when you're on the attack when you're losing the ball. It's so demoralizing and energy sapping. So, uh, yeah, that stability, I think that'll come from the line-out, will, will really help set a solid forward foundation for the Wallabies, which I think will be so key for them. The other thing that I think is really key that we were really punished on, um, and we frequently get punished on it, is isolated runners. Yep. Um, it's a big Australian, Australian problem. Um, now... I, I, I do like just touching on that yep. before you go on. I love the addition of Fikiti for this because yep. what Fikiti does really well is he'll make gain lines, but he doesn't go that extra meter. Not yep. like he's not making an effort. He knows when to go down, and he's exactly. a, he's rather than a contact player, he will actually look to use a skill rather than take contact. Whereas yep. Ikatao and Pasami, and as great as they are, don't get me wrong, I'm not. This is. They make contact happen because they are so strong in the yeah. contact. So I do like that addition of Fikiti in there. Um, yeah, I think observing All Blacks and the Wallabies, the All Blacks do do a little bit of sort of isolated runners, as in like a, a runner without someone getting ready there to, to clear out over the top. But what they do really well, which the Wallabies haven't mastered yet, 
is the is the support running ready to take a quick offload and things like that. Now, the Wallabies have done that a couple of times and it's looked spectacular and it's worked really well. Uh, but it's, it's about finding that balance and it's something New Zealand do very well, but it's something Australia don't do so well. So it's not, you know, it, it's not always the the best decision to run isolated, but if you know that you're going to have your support runners there that as you're getting tackled, you can offload to or you can look to, to dummy to or something like that where you can draw out a tackler or something like that. That's when that that kind of style can, can open up. But speaking as a long-suffering Wallabies fan, <laughs> the amount of times I've seen isolated backs run into contact and then there's three me- <laughs> three members of the opposition <laughs> just there ready to take the ball. It's just maddening. So because we've got... We've got the skill, we've got the talent to do it, but it, I think it's decision making is really the bane of the of the Wallabies um, and losing their head in big moments. Uh, and yeah, so that that's it's all a big learning experience. It's going to be an exciting game on Thursday night, though. That's for sure. I mean, a hell of a game, and it's not the only game. Obviously, this week we've got the 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 box and uh, Lost Pumas yeah. battling on Saturday. Sunday morning for us. Um, Let's go, Lost Pumas. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's all to play for, really, because a win by anyone here. It sets up what what can only be called a grandstand finish. You yep. know, like imagine Lost Pumas win Australia, <laughs> Australia win. Um, that sets up like you know a massive last week yep. where it is literally anyone's game because the chances of you winning Eden Park, I know, like to win the Blues, like you're going to have to do it at some point. But to 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 say that it actually happened, I mean, it's a it's a huge statement to yep. say. Yeah, so that would leave like everyone on on an even even pegging before we go. Prediction, my friend. Uh, before the prediction, a reminder for everyone that just to, to make sure that this is on record, <laughs> that oh. Luke voluntarily made the vow because it's not a bet because I'm not I don't you stand don't, to lose, lose anything. anything. He just he just he just made a promise completely. I'm so confident, completely unbidden by me. But if confident. the Wallabies do regain the Bledisloe Cup this year, Luke will get Ian Foster out. I'm actually going to change it to Ian Foster in because. I feel like that. I don't want to. I don't want to be supporting someone losing their job. I'm sure. not one for that. So I'll get Ian Foster in tattooed okay. for me to remember yeah. the guy that lost us the Bledisloe, and that I want him to keep his job. And yeah, remember, I never, I never said he needed to do this. I didn't. Say, I. I'm pretty, the only question I asked was, if if the Aussies win the Bledisloe, do you th- is that enough for you to hop on the Ian Foster out train? And you you were that adamant that you were going to win that you volunteered. To, to get I'm a still tattoo. Adamant. I'm that's and that, that's fine, but I just I just want to say that I just want to put it out there that we're not calling for someone to lose their job or to have it tattooed on you that someone will lose their job. So I'm absolutely fine for you to change it to whatever you want because <laughs> I didn't ask you to do this. So yeah, you change no. it as much as you want, my friend. Well I'm so confident like even that slight change here, I'm yeah. so confident it's not gonna happen. Yeah. Because there's things that happen in this world and I can tell you one thing that does happen. The Bledisloe stays in New Zealand for the past <laughs> twenty years. All right. We haven't lost to the Aussies at Eden Park in what I think it's like forty odd years now. So I'm pretty fucking confident that that A, we're going to get the job done on Monday, yeah. uh, on, Monday on Thursday in Melbourne, and B, will be a 2-0 victory. But your yeah. prediction for game one on Thursday? Like a score? score line. Oh, God. I can give you mine now, so I can, yeah, and then can I can explain for- it, so why you can think, because I've shot that yeah. upon you. Um, I believe it will be an All Blacks win, but I'll, I think it's going to be closer, and I actually think watching these games, defence hasn't been a priority in the first game's that teams have played, especially from the All Blacks. So I think the Wallabies are going to score points. I think the All Blacks counter with points. So I've gone 31-28 to the All Blacks in an all-time mm. classic. Right. I think I'm probably getting a little more conservative than you. 
in in this regard. I'm going to go. Let me just do my mental calculations here. You got to think. Carry the free. Take yeah. the seven. Yeah. Uh, Foley kicking. Not no less either. So <laughs> I think it will be Australia win. I'd hope you'd pick that, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think it's going to be uh, nineteen to seventeen. Oh, so a tight one, a tight but like one. A, nineteen to seventeen, like a, a an arm. Burn Foley kicks the winning penalty. That's, that's an my prediction. Arm wrestle. It yeah. is an arm wrestle. I think the Aussies will score two tries, convert neither of them because they'll be out wide. Kick three penalties to win. New Zealand will score two tries under the post, convert them, and kick a penalty for the seventeen. Alrighty, there you go. Our predictions uh, for the Bledisloe Cup game one that is on. This is coming out tomorrow, so on tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so th- Thursday for all you uh, Southern Hemisphere. Southern Hemisphere. Southern, no, well, not well, necessarily Southern Hemisphere. Southern all Westers. you uh, Oceanic <laughs> yeah. peoples. Um, I can't let you go, though, Luke, without mentioning something else that happened this week. The Triple Crown of the Rugby Sevens, the Australian oh, Women's. Jesus Christ. The triple crowd. Who did they? Who did they beat for the title? Again? It's deadly. You know, it's it was it two two point losses in the in the for the the most recent one, and then the, yeah. yeah, that sucks. I, yeah. I there's not. I don't go, often go the ladies. I don't often like losing to the Wallabies or Wallaroos or whatever yeah. the sevens teams are called. Um, and our team, I would consider pretty good, but those are some golden girls you have. Um, yeah. and that is a World Cup, very thoroughly deserved. Uh, that just the level of skill. That they play with, like some those some of those passes they throw out there, uh, just they, yeah. You you look at some NRL passes and the, the fantastic plays passes so well. But you look at like your average NRL player; these Golden Girls were passing better than your average NRL player. Oh yeah, they they were passing better than any Subway rugby player I've ever yeah. seen in my life. So uh, other than myself, obviously. Um, but no, they were they were yeah, fantastic. Possible. You just you just carry like, yourself. Sell <laughs> dummies like there's no ends. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I mean, yeah. Congratulations to the, the Golden Girls, I will say that. Um, but, yes. Uh, for the men, on the other hand, uh, we came second again. So, not a lot to write home about. Yeah. We lost to Fiji. It, it is hard. I, I've, I've come to accustomed to becoming second recently in sevens because we haven't won a lot. Now, I must say, I, I feel a little bit better about the asterisks we can put next to your men's sevens title. The reason I say that is we didn't play half the year. Um South Africa still with the bottle jobs of all bottle jobs as they lost to Ireland at a home Rugby World uh, Rugby Sevens World Cup. So, yeah, I think there's an asterisk to go asterisk there. Asterisk all you like, mate. Asterisk yeah. all you like. Uh, all righty. Uh, that is us for today. Thank yep. you for joining us on that rugby podcast. A bit of a Bledisloe Cup preview. We'll be back again next week to run through that famous Bledisloe Cup All Blacks victory that we get in Melbourne. See you later. Peace.